Uh-oh, the Martin guitar. Hello, welcome back. I think this is episode 64. I lose track sometimes because it's a little bit uh, long between episodes for me sometimes. And, well, that's just the way it goes in the business of summer. Because it has been a very busy summer here in House Honeycutt. A lot going on in the world. A lot good. Some challenging. But isn't that life? Um, let's see. Today is going to be a fun one. Uh, you need to hold on to your hats on this one because it's going to get pretty abstract, as I like to be sometimes. Um, first of all, hello. How are you? I hope wherever you are, you're being good to yourself and that life is being as good to you as it can be. And if it's not being good, at least you've got the skills to pay the bills on multiple levels. Not just the bills, but the metaphysical bills as well. And that maybe you have a, a sweet little drink with you and that you're breathing and uh, doing a little bit of work to uh, get your head right. Ooh, that was my uh, coffee mug on the microphone. That's me toasting you. Um, and uh, let's see. So some good improvements. I got a sweet little microphone arm here in the podcast uh, recording studio. I'm rocking the SM7 with the uh, armed microphone. And uh, it's awesome. It reminds me of back in the day when Hooch was blowing up and we were a radio band, right? We went from being a touring band to being a radio band. And so we did so many on-air performances for Hooch where you go on the morning show or afternoon or wherever anybody could get you in because you're just out promoting. Uh, we would show up in the studio and they'd always have like the SM7 hanging, right? And the SM7, if you don't know that, it's like all the podcasters are using it now. But it's like the, um, it's the radio microphone. It's the one that you recognize. And uh, one of the iconic moments with this SM7, I do believe, was Red Hot Chili Peppers back in the day when they did Blood Sugar Sex Magic. They did, uh, give it away, give it away, give it away now. And that was... Uh, Anthony Kiedis was rocking the SM7. The SM7 is iconic. <clears throat> so here's to the SM7. So anyway, some good improvements to the uh, studio here is making me feel like a professional. I'm feeling good about uh, doing a little podcast. And a friend of mine um, <clears throat> asked me when my next podcast was going to be dropping. And of course, I was like, soon. And uh, I was excited that I had something big enough to drop and that was awesome. And then uh, speaking of dropping, uh, I did not pay attention yesterday and I dropped an entire cup of coffee, which is, I normally wouldn't mention something like that, but it was uh, um, a moment where I was doing too much stuff here in the studio and I was holding a cup of coffee and I was trying to pay attention to a current affairs podcast I listened to and tracking the world. And I, I must've had like, iPhone grip, you know, where you just have the little claw that like is so used to holding onto your iPhone. It's not using any strength. It's just using shape. And I think I was applying that to my cup of coffee and it just like, I saw it slip and I watched it in slow motion. Like it's in a movie and I saw it just from the, from directly above it. It was a full cup of coffee and it exploded all over my studio. I mean, it was on the ceilings, the walls, me, and it was such a, um, a clam, uh, that, uh, I, I couldn't even be mad about it. It was so ridiculous. The whole thing was ridiculous. Uh, so here's to uh, having something to drop. 
it's big enough that you're going to drop your podcast or your cup of coffee. And ironically, this is a podcast. It's essentially like a coffee talk. So drop the podcast, drop the coffee, drop the knowledge or lack thereof. Uh, as you can tell, I'm a little froggy this morning. There's no uh, real rhyme or reason. Probably just need to clear my throat here. Let me clear my throat. <sighs> cool. So let's see. The weather has been uh, very cool on the Outer Banks. It's been beautiful. Uh, the heat has gone away. The weather, the winds have shifted, and it's been a sweet taste of autumn, really. The summer energy is releasing. It's nice to be outside. It feels like it had their space. It's actually really been gentle uh, weather-wise, and it's it's a it's a delight here on the Outer Banks because we're so weather dependent and we are so wind dependent. When things work out correctly, that's awesome. It's just an awesome thing to be relished. So I was out on the water, like looking at the sound this morning, just kind of meditating and looking at the beauty of things. So that's uh, that's the weather report. And on the musical front, uh, the band Everything, we had great shows here on the Outer Banks. I mentioned those in a last podcast or maybe a previous one. We have September 24th in Hampton, Virginia at the Vanguard Brew Pub and Distillery. A beautiful building and brew pub, a, a, like it's an old armory building. Um, Joe, our friend who used to book a great club in Hampton called the Insect Club, uh, it's booking that. And so we wanted to, as the band, everything, we're exploring our roots again. So we're kind of going back to the places that we started to play early on. Um, so September 24th, Vanguard Brewery in Hampton, Virginia. You can find tickets on our website or the Vanguard's website. Um, October 22nd at the Rams Head on stage in Annapolis. First time ever playing in Annapolis, Maryland, which is my hometown. Washington, D.C., Annapolis, Crofton, Maryland. Those are my hometown. And uh, we're excited. It's going to be a great show. Uh, so if you're in the Maryland area, come see us. It's going to be an awesome time. There'll be more to talk about music. Things are starting to bubble up. Songs are starting to happen. And there's a, a large body of work I've developed over years being sort of semi-dormant in the public realm that I'm excited to get to. Um, and as a matter of fact, the topic of this podcast will thread into a song that I've been writing for the you know last 20 years, I guess. And mainly it's just a story uh, that I'll play at the end of the podcast just as uh, because I can. Um, let's move into the uh, the fun of this. And uh, I'm going to tell you to hang on. One of the things I like to do is I look at a lot of different domains of information. I, I connect things that don't naturally go together. <clears throat> I use things to inform other things in the abstract. And I, and I know we all do this. I'm not special or anything. But I'm just going to warn you that uh, we're going on a wild ride here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain some of the pieces of, of my thinking. And uh, then I'm going to like kind of put it together in like a little thought pattern. Um, it might be correct. It might not be correct. And on that note, um, let's talk about some songs to set this up because I'm a musician. 
Uh, this podcast has a long title. I'm calling it Sitting Chili on a Horse Called America on the Old Town Road. What is going on, right? That sounds weird. Well, it is kind of weird, but it's kind of fun. And that's what this podcast is about. Fun, weird fun, deep, weird fun. So <clears throat> let's talk about songs. I was thinking about two songs in particular. One is the song Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. Remember that from a handful of years ago? Was that five years ago? And I loved this song. I love that it was a pop song. I love a bold pop song. Just It just comes out and it's just so huge. That it blows your mind. Like we've been listening to Gangnam Style lately with Vera, and I was just like, amazing, right? And we'll I'll, maybe I'll do a podcast about Gangnam Style, but not today. And uh, Old Town Road, it's like you can't deny that hook. It's like a hip hop of rapper came into the country realm and turned that whole thing on its head, right? And there was all this pushback, but it's just like. You know, the country music world has been biting urban culture for a while. So it's like a reverse, right? That's the thing about culture is it always like turns on itself. So here we have this rotation of Lil Nas X coming in with this like totally undeniable pop song. Blows up and it's a divisive pop song. And I was playing acoustically and sometimes I just like to learn unexpected songs. And so I learned that song. And I remember playing it one night and I had a, a group of people who were totally stoked and then a group of people who were totally not stoked. Like, you know, like I'd cast a spell and then I'd ruined that spell by playing the song. And it's interesting to see that reaction because I think that that was the energy of the song, right? And sometimes when things just get so big and it's being forced down your throat, I mean, we always have that experience of like, you're sort of tired of hearing something over and over again because you don't feel like you, it, you've discovered it or you've chosen to listen to it, but here it is again and again, and it can kind of breed resentment. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think the Old Town Road had that energy, and it's interesting because that's a lot of the dichotomy of this country, right? You know, you look at uh, yin and yang in the Eastern philosophy, like it's kind of those opposites that dance, right? But in America, we have a very specific version of that. And I think that it, it causes a lot of stress and we're all worried about it right now, right? And, you know, the Old Town Road, like these lyrics are amazing. It's like, so it, it deals with horses and it deals with like, you know, cowboy, which is like radical self-reliance, which is a, a Burning Man term, but it's also like, you know, rugged individualism, which is a, a you know, kind of a like a Western American kick-ass conservative term. And, you know, horses uh, sparked the imagination. It wasn't so long ago that they were everything to us in terms of like how we got around and did things. And it's like the, uh, the American indigenous Indians and like Geronimo on a horse. There's like so much power to these creatures and the lyrics, but, it, you know, in the lyrics, they're kind of like joking at the same time. But when you look at them, it's like, you know, I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. going to ride till I can't, till I can't no more. going to take my horse to the old town road. going to ride till I can't no more, you know? And it's like, what is it? There's another line, which is like, can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. 
And I was reading that line and I actually laughed to myself because it feels like right now, like so many people are like that, right? Like part of people will vote against their interests just so that you can't tell them what to do. Or as soon as you, anybody, you know, we're all like little kids inside. If somebody tries to tell you what to do, you're just going to like be like, you know, well, up yours, especially if you don't believe that person. And there's so much lack of believability out there right now. And also that's, you know, related to the fact we're overwhelmed by culture, digital media, the digital media is like, you know, parsing up our psychology and getting us in silos and we're biting on that. And you just, there's a whole lot of amplifying factors to it, but I just love these lyrics because it's just like, hey, I'm going to get on this horse and I'm going to ride till I can't ride it anymore. And it's like on the old town road, right? Which is like, it's so simple and it doesn't, it probably doesn't intend to be deep, but I see so much depth in it. Um, so there's the old town road, right? So we're got the horse, you got the cowboy, you got the can't nobody tell me nothing. And the upending of culture. And then the other thing was just, I was uh, thinking about, uh, the band America, uh, and the song, a horse with no name. And I, you know, admittedly, I was never really an America fan. Um, but as I gotten older, I've, I appreciate things. And, you know, you look at the lyrics in that song and they straight up look like somebody had a psychedelic experience in the desert. That's just my take on it, but I don't really know. And, you know, there's that, sense of the West of like going to find yourself, going looking into the great expanse. And that's, you know, I've gone out West and every time I drive out West, it's just like opens up and you're like possibility. And, you know, the idea of the sovereignty of the individual and that um, we have uh, upward mobility here and the ability for uh, self-realization. And these things are kind of baked into our society, even though it's really, really messy, and there's like, you know, pain and death and all kinds of things in this country that, you know, as we've grown, that's probably a human thing. And, you know, looking at the ideas that we have. So a couple of songs. And like I said, this is going to be abstract. So I'm just kind of moving around here. Another little tidbit um, that's unrelated, but related a little bit. And that's uh, Ulysses S. Grant, right? So the guy that became like sort of the first modern a general in the world and introduced the idea of total war and, <clears throat> you know, was the general of the Civil War in many ways. And one of the things about him is that he uh, was a binge drinker, which I can relate to because I was a binge drinker at one time. Um, and he just, he had a up and down life. You can read about him and it's really incredible. His story is incredible. <clears throat> it's much as like Abe Lincoln was this rising force. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant was like this tide that came in and out at almost random times on the waves of destiny, you know, and he uh, was an exceptional horseman. Like he was the top of West Point. Uh, he was like a record holder. He could do things on a horse that nobody else could do. Uh, he was also a very good draw drawer and an artist as with his hand. He could draw and they were introducing cartography like maps. So he's very good at maps. And what's interesting is, is that his whole career, he just kept getting put in these positions to learn these skills. But the Civil War, his ability to understand maps and geography and his ability to get around on a horse, because he, he had to do emergency moves with his people on a horse to go, like, communicate. And it was really incredible that I was like, oh, wow, he had these, like, skills that were for the time. So, you know, just another little thing about the power of the horse. Um so there's a couple of things there. Now, uh, Sitting Chili. 
Now, that comes from Stephen Pressfield. Uh, Stephen Pressfield is an author who wrote uh, Gates of Fire, Legend of Bagger Vance. Um, he was a Marine. He had a really amazing, he's had a really amazing life. And he's also written books about how to be an artist, how to have the discipline to have a uh, path of the artist. Um, uh, the War of Arts, Turning Pro. I think he's got a new book out called uh, Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be just why I'm doing this podcast, because I like to communicate about random things. Um, and so he talked about a lesson that he learned, I think if it was from a, an Olympic horse coach, and this woman talked about sitting chilly on a horse. And that is, you ride, I'm, I think it's like light in the saddle, straight back, you're paying attention, you're very in tune with the horse because horses are really emotional and really sensitive and powerful. And I'll continue that thread in a second. But by sitting chilly, you're just sitting in the right balanced way with the foot and each stirrup correctly so that you're not like too heavy. You're not too much of any one thing, but sitting chilly. And he talked about like sitting chilly when you're writing or doing art. And it's like, oh yeah, you're, you're upright. You're at attention. And, but you're not uh, stressed. And that's also with like yoga. Like yoga is like tension and relaxation, that balance. You can't be too tense. You can't be too relaxed. You got to be the right amount of all of it. So you're relaxed, but you're engaged and activated. So that's sitting chilly on a horse. And then I thought about the idea of the horse as america we're a young country like we're in an ancient land and i think that we're getting more information that you know people have been on this side of the world way longer than they initially thought so we, we're actually there's an ancient energy to this place that i i it's it's potent but as a society we're relatively young and it's like i feel like america is a a horse sometimes like so incredibly sensitive and so incredibly capable and powerful um, and sometimes just incredibly reactive, right? And maybe not rational. And maybe that's the human condition, right? Maybe I'm just, because I'm an American, I see things a certain way. But that's, it's interesting when I think about what's been happening in our country and, and the back and forth and the amount of stress that's going on. And so taking all of these pieces and thinking about it in terms of what's happening in our culture right now, where we have these this left-right dance. And I believe a lot of times it feels like the structures and the media and the things want to create a false dichotomy between people because there's so much emotional charge because emotional charge in culture gets attention. And so then it, that attention, as it heats up, it kind of moves out from the center to the wings, which is not super healthy because then it's like the extremities get the highest oomph. Whereas I feel like most of us are trying to be in the center, right? And I'm not talking about like centricism, but just being centered, trying to see threads from both sides. And the idea of sitting chilly on a horse called America on the old town road. It's like, the horse called America, this giant, powerful, majestic creature, capable of so much, can be so temperamental, needs that touch. And it, 
it requires us sitting chilly with one foot in each stirrup, right? On either side, the left, the right, to create that balance. Because you can't be, you just can't be balanced when you're on one side or the other. Unless you're doing some crazy, like, you know, move. But you got to, like, got to be trained to be able to do that move. And having one foot in each stirrup, sitting chilly, centered on this giant horse, and then riding down that old town road, right? The path of life at the destiny. And you do it till you can't do it anymore, right? Because that's life, right? We, we all owe a death. No matter what, we all go. And riding that horse, sitting chilly, just doing it right, you know? And, you know, as, as I've been paying attention, like, I just have constructed this vision in my mind. And I enjoy it. It gives me something to do. It's poetic. It allows magic to happen in my interactions with people because I, I've met so many different people and I really relish meeting people from cultures that I don't hang out with in this country. Um, I like to do it. I've always liked to do it around the world, but sometimes it feels easy to ignore it in this country because it feels like fellow citizens who aren't on the same page are other. And it takes work to bridge that gap and, you know, sitting chilly on a horse called America, one foot in each stirrup, ready to ride on the old town road. Well, that's, that's the way I'm going to do it. Thank you for listening. Uh, that's all I have for today. I hope you're good to yourself. May your path always rise to meet you and may the winds always be in your favor. I will not be putting the guitar song on the end here because uh, it looks like it got erased when I did it a little bit earlier. So Horses at the Edge of the Cliff will happen on a different podcast. So until we talk again, be good to yourself. (laughs) 